kick for Atleti. Good opportunity to give a shout to a blog, a, a US fan club of Atletico Madrid called Into the Calderon. Do some really good content for all followers of the Colchoneros. Decent base in the United States as well, following the action on ESPN+. Plus. Give them a follow at Into the Calder. It is time for another Tuesday Colch Narrow Chat. I'm Jeremy. I'm joined by Sam. What's going on, man? How are you? Okay, thank you, Jeremy. Spring is here in Madrid, so so making the most of not having to wear jumpers and big heavy coats and and yeah, getting by. How are you? Mm, good, good. And the ch- changing the wardrobe. It's that time of year. It's it's getting warmer here in Phoenix, man. It's going to be in the 80s Fahrenheit this week. So like, I like to walk the the dogs in the morning, so I can't really bundle up and wear layers anymore which i like to do It just make me hot yeah, I mean, you over could be wearing wearing layers and bundling up in 80 degrees but i mean some people can you know there some people are just cold in any circumstance and you know i am not one of them <laughs> I, I i tend to overheat yeah no i'm the same i, I can't deal with it but uh, i know some people wife is one who's who's always got 20 layers on and complains that it's cold while I'm sat there sweating in a t-shirt. So. <laughs> well, I have no sympathy for you. You're on your own. You have enough layers on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, speaking uh, of, of hot streaks, uh, Atletico Madrid are sure on one right now, Sam. Fourth win in five on Monday night at Montalivi. A first ever win over Girona. 1-0. Uro Sadismo is back. Uh, an Alvaro Morata goal in the 91st minute, initially chalked off, but a a VAR review, a three-minute VAR review later confirmed it. Let's talk all about this one, Sam, because it, it seems now that Atletico have a bit more breathing room, three points clear of Real Sociedad in third place. Seven weeks ago, we were seven points back of La Real, and we have made up 10 points in only seven weeks. Uh, pretty impressive. It, it looks very much now like Atletico have top four not mathematically secured, but they're probably going to get there and are probably odds on to finish third. Uh, you did the three things column for our site into the Calderon yesterday, as you usually do. Uh, what were your general takeaways from what we saw in, in this rare Monday night game for Atleti? Yeah, very rare Monday night game. Um, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Because we talk about fine margins. I mean, literally like half an inch deep into injury time and this is a nil-nil draw and in that case we're this is in a very different conversation to talk about a nil-nil draw away at Girona on a Monday night which feels like a real drag and a real downer yeah but a one-nil win and we're talking about Cholo is back everything is amazing next season we're going to win the league is there still time for a title charge <laughs> this year I mean it's it's just really fine margins that make the difference but I think this was a good performance I mean I think we saw a little bit of the issues that we've seen all through this season, which is primarily in front of goal, that we don't seem to have that cutting edge. Because there were chances. We did have chances against Girona. I think our XG was a two point, just over two. So there were chances to win this game. Atleti 
perhaps could have had a penalty with that Oriol Romeo handball with mm-hmm. Mario Hermoso, which was given as a foul the other way. And I mean, there were chances, and, and Atleti did look kind of threatening. I mean, I think they did have something about them, and that is what was missing earlier on in the season. So, yeah, I think this is more like the trend of the last few weeks, but after the Sevilla game, it did kind of bring us back down to earth a little bit. So, yeah, we're not going to score six goals every week, but Atleti really are in good form, and with Rodrigo go the ball coming in, and, and so on, it does feel like there's a a bit more depth to this squad and uh, I don't know, it just feels comfortable being an Atletico Madrid fan, which is unusual. (laughs) Very. Uh, And part of this, I think we have to ascribe to the fact that we're not playing any other competitions right now. Like I'm watching, uh, as I'm talking to you, Sam, I'm watching the two Champions League games on a multicast that are on today, Man City and Leipzig, one of them, Porto and Inter are the other. Um, And yeah, it's a shame that Atletico could not make it out of that group with Porto and Bruges and Leverkusen, but this is one of the, I, I guess, positive side effects is that now Atletico are in their, their best run of form this season, and they're getting results by that familiar scoreline, 1-0. We won by that scoreline at Osasuna at the end of January, won by that scoreline at Celta Vigo last month, won by that scoreline against Athletic at the Metropolitano, and now we've done so again at Montalivi against uh, Girona. Uh, 1.9 expected goals for Atletico, according to a football reference. 0.4 against. Um, so overall, a pretty... It may not look like it. I know you and I were talking about this a little bit over WhatsApp yesterday. Uh, it, it was a little bit disjointed at times. I think especially in the first 10 minutes, Atletico had 19 ball losses. We did not start the game very well, but it was not the, the first time or the only time Girona failed to make momentum count. I likened it to the Celta game a few weeks ago where Celta had more of the ball. They have more momentum for a good chunk of this game. But in the end, Atletico's superior squad depth and kind of late game know-how, I guess, ended up deciding the match and allowing Atleti to take the three points back to Madrid. Yeah, and I mean, I think there is something to that and kind of linking what you started with and what you ended with. We are seeing that Aleti are looking decisive in the final minutes of games. I mean, against Sevilla, obviously, that game was already more than one, but we had that goal from Alvaro Morata in injury time against Girona, another Alvaro Morata goal in injury time against Real Madrid away. I mean, that was a quite late goal, wasn't it? I think it was the 78th minute that Jimenez gave Aleti the lead against Real Madrid. Again, against Athletic, it was Griezmann who got that goal quite late in the second half. Before that was the Celta game when the Pais scored in the 89th minute. I mean, this is a run of, of a few games where Atleti are really going the distance and showing that they are a little bit fitter mm. to keep that kind of pace up and go to the final the final hurdle. The challenge, of course, will be maintaining that next season and, and how the squad looks next season and so on with the Champions League, hopefully, Touchwood, back on, on Atleti's plates with, with everything else that's going on. I think that is a difficulty and a challenge that Atleti will have to rise to, but First of all, let's let's take it step by step, and I think right now we're we're seeing something very positive, which is just that this this Atleti team is playing good football, is is looking positive and and looking confident. There's a real team spirit. I mean, Alvaro Morata included it in in my three things column. He was speaking after the game, and they asked him kind of, "What do you think about this role of being on the bench?" And he said, "Like, no, I'm just happy." To be here, I'm happy to be contributing. I'm happy to be part of this team, and and if that's my role, then that's my role. And that's the kind of attitude that didn't really exist from 
certain young Portuguese forwards hmm. earlier in the season. I think that you can really tell that difference and tell that there is a, a difference in the atmosphere in the dressing room and so on. And yeah, there might be one or two cases where it's not quite perfect or there might be some unhappiness. And, and I mean, I think in your podcast the other day, you mentioned about Axel Witzel and his bizarre comments from his dad in Belgium and so on. But I mean, look, this is where we are. And I think there's real reason to be optimistic. I remember early on in the season, looking at the the last two games of the season being Villarreal and Real Sociedad and thinking, oh no, no <laughs> that's no. going to be horrific. And yet here we are. And actually we're kind of saying, yeah, we could have everything done and dusted by those two games at this rate. So exactly. even the fact that people are talking about going for second and putting the pressure on Real Madrid is is a testament to exactly how far Atletico Madrid have come over the last few weeks or months. Well, which is quite the feat because this squad just a few short months ago, Sam, looked broken. Uh, Simeone looked like he was at wit's end trying to get these players to play as a collective unit. And it seems like there has been quite the sea change since the World Cup, since the January transfer window. Before the World Cup in La Liga, Sam, Atletico won seven, drew three, lost four with only a plus seven goal difference. Since the World Cup in La Liga, Atletico have played 11 times, scored 18, allowed only five. Won seven, drawn three, and lost one. And that one loss was to Barcelona, and Atletico outplayed Barcelona on the night, as several teams have been doing recently. Uh, did you catch Simeone after the game talking about um, the 1-0? And like, well, 1-0 is a pretty popular scoreline these days. A lot of folks seem to be liking it. Yeah, I mean, it was truly Diego Simeone with his mojo back. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, there's, there's no other real way to put it, was that he looked confident he looked happy he looked motivated i mean there's been some reports this week that he's extending his contract for another year lowering his salary because of the financial situation i mean it's just hard to to fathom that this is the same guy who looked so down so depressed only a few months ago and i mean there's been a real change in in him and how and how he looks and i mean fair play to him because i mean after so long to be this motivated again is a real challenge just mentally beyond any other factor beyond the success on the pitch or who's in the dressing room you might get on with or not I think it's just a real incredible feat to be this motivated uh, 11 years on from from coming in and taking on this challenge and this job for the first time so you can only have admiration for, for Diego Simeone for that really it just shows that El Cholo is a different breed, you know, and agree, disagree with his coaching decisions. For what it's worth, I think yesterday, Simeone read the game really, really well, and his changes helped us win the game, as we'll get to. Um, but he's a different animal. He, he's just a, a competitive animal. And to continue having this desire and this energy, yeah, we had some very low moments this season and last season, but he's still here. Time and time again, Simeone has proven that his longevity has been no fluke and that it's kind of his way or the highway. Now, that's there have been positives and negatives to that, but Simeone's way has worked to work the charm in the past, and it, it's working again. We continue winning games 1-0. We're back in third place where we you know, usually are or should be. And, you know, some folks are talking about maybe we can make a run at Madrid in second, which strikes me as fairly unlikely. But you never know. Madrid and, and not Barcelona, <laughs> they only have the cup. But Madrid still have European commitments. 
they haven't been playing all that well the past couple of months, and there is a Clasico this weekend, so one or both of Madrid or Barcelona are going to drop points. So, you know, and Atletico play Valencia on Saturday, which we'll talk about at the end of the show, so maybe it's exciting to think about, and, you know, we, we have to give ourselves exciting things to think about because this season hasn't always been the most fun. Yeah, there's not too much to look forward to before the end of the season, is there? So yeah, having that kind of trophy of, of second place is is pretty much all there is to it. And I think even if Valetti beat Valencia on Saturday and then Real Madrid lose the Clásico, I think it's only a five-point difference yeah. that would be there between the two teams, isn't it? So Only five? Not yeah, impossible. I mean, Five points with 12 games to go. I mean, uh, it's a big enough gap that Real Madrid probably aren't looking over their shoulder. But, yeah, I mean, it's something to aim for for Atletico at least and something to to try and motivate the players in the dressing room when they have to go out and and play on a, a random Wednesday night against Espanol and <laughs> when they should be on the beach really. Yeah, and, and Oblak said after the game that it's a, a real pity that we started the season so badly and that we're not going to be fighting for a title, we're not going to fight for a trophy, but we have to fight to finish as high as possible. And that's that's about being a professional. It's about having a, a good attitude, a professional, competitive attitude. One of the reasons someone like Oblak has stayed in this team for so long. And speaking of Oblak, Sam, I think he had one of his better games of the season yesterday. Uh, a number of really important saves, including uh, David Lopez from the halfway line trying to beat him with a lob that Oblak just parries over. Uh one-handed kind of flying parry of this this long-range effort from the Girona defender. Is Jan Oblak back? Well, I think he, he's he been making some great saves in the last couple of weeks. I think this was perhaps the best one because usually when you see these kind of chances with a shot from, from the halfway line, you're thinking, oh, the goalkeeper must have been really badly positioned for him to even risk it. And then you watch the replay and... Yeah, no, Black wasn't badly positioned at all. He was in a kind of a reasonable spot and he just about managed to get back and it was kind of a perfectly placed shot. I mean, to be fair to David Lopez, I don't think he could have done it any better than what he did and, no. and Jan Oblak couldn't have saved it any better than what he did. So, I mean, there's definitely something in that. Yeah, I think Jan Oblak has been a lot better in the last few weeks and that's also helped by the defence. I think the defence has been a little bit more settled in the last few weeks. We've also seen... A little bit more composure in the defence. Stefan Savage has stopped getting sent off every other game. Also, <laughs> Jimenez has stopped injuring himself every other game. And Mario Amosso looks looks like kind of a leader of that back line as well. So I feel like there is some kind of coherency to it. And I think that Jan Oblak is, is reaping the rewards of that. Yeah, he looks about as, as confident in, in between the sticks as he has in a year more. Um, and you know, we've only shipped 19 goals this season. Uh, that's the second best figure in the league. Uh, we're on pace to concede about 30, 32, give or take, um, which is much more in line with how Atletico have defended throughout the Simeone era, maybe more or less proving that last year's 43 goals conceded was was more of a blip, a really concerning blip, but perhaps just a blip. Um, yeah, Oblak, I think you're right, has been a tremendous beneficiary of this improved defending again just five goals conceded in 11 games since the world cup that is much more like Simeone's Atletico and we do have a piece coming out about Mario Hermoso tomorrow Uh, he played another very solid game on Monday night made a few very significant interventions blocks interceptions in the second half 
Um, really interesting what Simeone is doing with him on the left-hand side right now with Reynildo out. That gives Cholo an opportunity to experiment. Uh, and what I noticed yesterday was Hermoso charging forward, especially in the first half, pretty much any time Atletico won the ball to try to create overlaps with Yannick Carrasco. Is that something that is sustainable? Do you think we'll see that more frequently? Yeah, it was a, an interesting change, I thought. And it did kind of give Aleti kind of that extra element. It allowed, it allowed Lamar, it allowed Llorente and so on to kind of step up and, and have that more offensive role. And I think it was interesting to see that against a low block like Giruna at a time where I think it could be a really useful tool to have in, in Aleti's armour to be able to try that. And I think Hermoso is one of those players who is adaptable and can kind of step into that midfield kind of role. And there aren't too many players in that Aleti defence who can make that transition. So to have a player like Mario Hermoso who can do that, I think Diego Simeone always likes players who are flexible and can play in a few different positions. And if Hermoso can make that kind of change and, and against better opposition than Girona not get caught out when they get in behind him or so on, then I feel like that could be a real valuable asset for, for Atletico to have. It's certainly something I've argued for in the past, is that why not just convert Hermoso into a fullback, more or le- into a left-back, more or less. But what Simeone is having him do is much more interesting tactically. Sometimes Hermoso, excuse me, Hermoso is tucking in as an inverted a fullback at times, other times he's kind of sitting in a double pivot with Koke as, as another left-footed passing option who can break lines as arguably this team's most technical player on the ball. Um, and sent, giving him also that license to go forward, as we saw on Monday, uh, in, a, in a back five actually makes sense because you have Savage and Jimenez back there to clean up any messes. Thank God both of them are healthy right now. If one of them goes out again, Simeone has to change tack once more. But for this game, uh, I thought it was very interesting. Um, I would like to see more of it because I didn't think Hermoso and Carrasco had a whole lot of chemistry. Um, But it's definitely something new and interesting that Simeone is trying. And it does make Atletico a bit more positive. Um, Talking about Girona for just a moment, Sam, you mentioned how Simeone values and champions players who can play in multiple different positions. The versatility... Um, the ability to play multiple positions well. Roro Raquelme is probably another one of those players. He has played all over the midfield this year for Michel, mostly on the left wing. What did you make of his performance yesterday, and did it give you any further indication of whether or not he's ready to make the leap up to Atletico next year? Well, I really liked it. I really liked everything I've seen of Rodrigo Raquelme this season. I think there were one or two games where he's looked a little bit quiet and just a little bit off the pace, but his age and in his first season in the top flight in Spain, that's, that's to be expected. I think he he does have that flexibility that he can play on the left, he can go on to the right, he can play centrally. And he's just a player who's so good on the ball of picking up the ball and carrying it. And and so I think that's just something that Atletico in this current squad don't have many options like that. And in Raquel Med, there is a player who can do that. He's got that kind of confidence, bravery, to have a shot from distance and, and to take a gamble on a run and I mean we saw that at the Metropolitano when he scored that fantastic goal yeah. for Girona against Atleti and I think he just has so many things in his locker I feel like he still needs a little bit he's perhaps the one drawback with him is that he's so flexible that you kind of ask yourself okay but where are you going to fit into this team what is your position 
and you just kind of want him to nail down one spot and, and make that his own. But at the same time, I feel like he's a really useful squad option to have for Atletico next season. And I feel like there have been certainly been times this season where he's in, been in better form than a lot of the players that Atletico have had in the first team squad. So I think he's definitely got a role to play for Atleti next season. And and judging by what Diego Simeone's been saying about him, and, and there was a report in Relevo this week um, about what the conversations between Simeone and and Mikel May in the in the summer before he went out on loan to to Girona, where he basically said like I think you need minutes and and you might not get the minutes that you want or need here because we've got so many players in attack. Now we've seen so many players leave in that attacking department, and and Mikel May for the club is fantastic news because no cost he can just come in cheap wages, and for Diego Simeone it's a player he likes, a player he can mould in his own image and and develop, and I think that's exactly what. Diego Simeone would like. I think that's probably part of why we see him so much more positive and motivated in the last few weeks is because he does see a future at Lelitico. He can see what that looks like. I wonder if before kind of the World Cup it was very much a future built around Jao Felix. Now it's not. Now it's built around these players that Diego Simeone can mould into how he wants and he's not going to have to adapt his system to anybody else. I think that that is has a lot to do with Rodrigo Riquelme, which is how a guy on loan in Girona is somehow going to determine the future of Atletico's record transfer signing and legendary coach. That's really, I've, I've said this before, the only reason why Simeone should stay is to take charge of a new project like this and mold these young players uh, in the Cholismo image, kind of show them the ropes, give them experience at higher levels, lay the foundation for the next era, for the next project. Because this one, this one, we won a league two years ago. That was huge. Made a Champions League quarterfinal last year, a cup quarterfinal this year. That's a pretty good run for this core, but, you know, this core's time is just about at an end and changes need to be made this summer. I don't, I think it's important that we don't lose sight of that. Atletico have been playing very well in recent weeks, um, but I think it's, more or less kind of in a vacuum. This is the only competition Let It Go are in. Um, they're out of the Champions League. They're out of the Cup. So I, I think it's important that we don't lose sight that this Atletico team still is in balance. They still have flaws. They still have issues that need to be addressed in the summer, whether the board decides to address said issues. That's another story, and we could spend a whole other hour talking about that. But with Roro Riquelme, Sam, he has the makings. I wrote this uh, last week. He's got the makings of an elite ball carrier nearly five progressive carries for per 90 minutes according to football reference that's an elite figure um and he's only 22 years old playing in la liga for the first time that's a he plays with a lot of energy a lot of intensity not afraid to shoot not afraid to take players on better than five dribbles attempted per 90 minutes samuelino at valencia has a similar figure then they both as of now i think the squad planning for next season has both lino and Roro in the first team. So more energy, more intensity, younger legs, more athleticism, more zip, more dynamism. That, I think, is an Atletico Madrid team that Diego Simeone is looking forward to building and looking forward to guiding them through these you know, early years of their careers. And it's, it's you know, when you put it like that, it's no wonder why Simeone has cut a less frustrated figure lately. Yeah, I mean, I think we would quite happily swap 
Samuelino, Rodrigo Kermi for Yannick Carrasco after some of the performances he's put in this season and and with that you save quite substantial wages and and difficult agent in the picture as well. I mean it's all it's kind of paints the picture, doesn't it? But I mean I was just thinking as well, looking back on something we were discussing earlier. Do you know the last time Atletico lost a La Liga match in the month of March? Ooh, last time they lost one. I don't off the top of my head. It was four years ago. So You're four kidding. years ago on Thursday of this week, the 16th of March, 2019, before COVID was even something that anybody knew what it was. At San Mamez, 2-0 defeat. Oh, yeah. Club. I was actually at that game. Yeah, um, that was just after they got Bilbao. they were knocked out of the Champions League by looking, Juventus. Yeah, just looking at the team that we put out that day and all Three of them have been at the club ever since. So we've got Jano Black, Josema Jimenez and Koke. And then we've got three players who've been out on loan and then come back. So you give Alvaro Morata, and well, I mean, kind of on loan, kind of not, Antoine Griezmann. So it kind of does show that there is that potential for players like Lino, like Rodriguez to to not have a place at the start of this season, but come in and kind of earn their place back and... I mean, the team has changed a lot over the last four years, so how that would evolve in the next four years again, I mean, I feel like there is a place for Raquel Melino, players like that, to to earn a spot in this team and make it their own. Absolutely, and there are going to be growing pains with a lot of young players, that's the case. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm kind of excited to see what those growing pains are. I know that sounds kind of perverse, but it's exciting, you know, this... This next Atletico project, uh, we we've got some core pieces here. We can we can welcome back and, and build around, and that that is exciting. Uh, you mentioned Morata, Sam, uh, who started that day at, at San Mames. Uh, did he start next to Costa that day? Was that the the period in time where Simeone was still trying to get Morata, Costa, and Griezmann all to work? Yeah, yeah, he started yeah. alongside Diego Costa. Yeah, Jeez. I mean, just looking at this team, I run through it all because it's just interesting. There's Oblak, Juan Fran, Jimenez, Godin, Saul at left back. Um, then Coque, Rodri, and Thomas Party in midfield. Diego Costa and Juan Griezmann, and Alvaro Morata in attack. Um, it's been a, a wild few years for yes, it, has. <laughs> it sure has. Yeah, that was a dreadful game. That was just after they lost in Turin to Juventus. The team just, they looked dead. They looked demotivated it was awful they really played badly that day um and then i think after the international break they came out and just walloped alaves like four nil at mendizarota uh just out of nowhere uh that yeah that was a very strange season 2018-19 but Morata and saul you know they left and they came back they both had a role to play yesterday both players came off the bench and i think simeone's substitute yesterday kind of in a, in a way won us the game. We've talked a lot this year about Atletico squad depth, um, you know, where where it's strong, where it's perhaps lacking in, in certain positions and how Simeone uses it. Yesterday, I thought Simeone's changes, uh, particularly in midfield after around the hour mark, gave us more energy, gave us fresher legs, uh, more importantly, made us more direct. I think in the first half, especially after those first 10, 15 minutes or so, uh, Atletico had a lot of the ball. Koke was touching it a lot and distributing it uh, really crisply and efficiently. But our possession, we weren't going anywhere with it. Memphis had a couple chances uh, that he blazed over the bar. He went for power over placement. Um, and those were really the, the best opportunities Atletico had in the first half. After halftime, you know, DePaul comes on. 
you know, in central midfield replacing Llorente, who was on a booking. You know, Angel Correa comes on, Morata comes on, uh, Saul comes on, uh, Saul and Witzel both come on toward the end. And reshuffling the midfield like that gave Atletico um, more options. It, it gave them, again, fresher legs, uh, a bit more athleticism, a bit more combativeness. And I think most importantly, it made Atletico more direct. And that in no small way contributed to their ability to pull out the win. Yeah, and having that ability to mix things up and do things a little bit differently, which I think has been one of Atletico's weaknesses um, of late in in terms of kind of just being a little bit predictable almost, of, of not having that flexibility to do things differently. And I feel like Memphis and Morata is a, a, a big contribution to that, where they have the two who can compete for that position. And it's something that we've spoken about a lot lately, but I feel like they're also two different kinds of number nine. I feel like we're benefiting mm. from that of having two different options that mean that you by having that change you don't necessarily just change the personnel or the fitness or the, the confidence of the guy who's going to get on the end of it, but but also the kind of approach that you can do. And with Morata Aleti we're a bit more direct and I think it kind of unsettles defences as well when you have to have such kind of a radical change in style as there was with the changes that Diego Simeone made against your own as, as a defender, you're kind of set up to defend one way of that, then it changes entirely. You kind of have that transition period where you're trying to get back into the rhythm, back into the swing of things again, as things were before. And I think that is a, a big factor for for that kind of win coming at Girona in the end, because I feel like Girona struggled and, and were trying to get their heads around what was going on and, and then when they start making substitutions as well, and that's where silly mistakes and losing a marker at a set piece or, or whatever it may be come in. And, and I feel like fair play to Diego Simeone because we criticised him a lot this season for getting the substitutions wrong or making a wrong call. And this time I think he he has kind of justified himself with with the changes he made at Montelibi and, and he ended up getting the result as a... It's a consequence of that. Yeah, I think he read the game really well. Just adding more bodies to gum up the middle. Because Saul comes on as a left wing back, but you can invert him. He can tuck into the middle. Uh, Axel Witzel doesn't you know, move around much anymore, as we talked about. But he's another option in the middle. And he's very smart positionally and usually pretty efficient with the ball at his feet. He's still Atletico's most accurate passer this season. But you, know, you mentioned failure to mark properly at set pieces. And that is what decided the game. Um... Angel Correa just bursts through on goal right at the start of, of stoppage time, Sam. Misses from about five yards out. I don't know how, but goes out for a corner. Antoine Griezmann takes it. Correa, I didn't see this the first couple of times on replay, but Correa actually gets a touch to it. He flicks it toward Morata, who he spots it. I think he turned, like, swiveled his head really quickly and saw something at the back post. Takes takes a touch deflects off Christian Stuani, and then Marat is there at the back post to tap it in. Um, and you know, he'd already been called offside twice since coming on in the 61st minute. He said after the game, if that hadn't been a goal, I would have biked home. But it was a goal. It, it, it was overruled, and VAR did confirm it. Marat's 10th goal of the season. He is now uh, in the, pretty firmly in the running for the Zada Trophy as the top Spanish-born goal scorer in La Liga. He's only two behind uh, Jose Lu uh, of Espanol, who scored against Real Madrid this weekend. Uh, I, I guess this question is twofold, Sam. How important is the Zara trophy 
really. And do we think Alvaro Morata can be consistent enough to win it? He'd be the first Spanish-born goal scorer for, for Atletico to win it in a long, long time. How important is it? Uh, not not very. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's uh, one of those Spanish football traditions. I mean, it's probably the the least important when we talk about the Zamora trophy, when we talk about the Pichichi and yeah. so on, the Zara is kind of the, the second tier. But I mean, it is obviously a nice thing to win and especially for, for Atletico who haven't had a player in that contention because so many of Atletico's really good goal scorers haven't been, haven't been Spanish right. <laughs> in the last decade or so. I mean, we've had Calcao, we've had Borland, we've had uh, Suarez, I mean, all these fantastic players. I mean, Diego Costa, who was Spanish, but not until he was past his best, <laughs> if that kind <laughs> of makes sense. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think, and also for Alvaro Morata, I mean, just uh, the Sevilla game when I was, I was watching the friend and Morata came on, and oh, not Morata, he's so bad. There is just kind of this this assumption still with Morata that oh, Morata's so bad. I think Morata, I mean, 10 goals in La Liga, 12 goals in all competitions. I mean, that's a that's a strong return, and especially from a player who hasn't even been starting regularly for Atletico this season. I feel like he's he's done an excellent job, and he's scoring goals, which is all you can really ask of him. And I think that goal against Girona kind of summed up the change in Morata, because I really wouldn't have been shocked if a year ago or six months ago, Morata that same situation and Morata stood there with his hands on his hips at the far post and not really interested, already given up and and just a bit bored. But on this occasion, he's the guy who's alert, who's throwing himself at the far post, willing to put his body on the line against the, the woodwork and, and so on. So, I mean, fair play to Morata. I think he does deserve a recognition like that. And especially in terms of kind of his role in the Spain setup under Luis Enrique. He was the undisputed starting number nine under Luis de la Fuente. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not sure de la Fuente is necessarily going to be his biggest fan, but he does kind of fit that role that de la Fuente usually goes with. So we'll see what it's like in the, in the international break in a few weeks. But if he can get that Zara trophy, then it's kind of the the vindication that, that yes, he does deserve to be Spain's starting number nine because he is Spain's best number nine. So... Fingers crossed he can can catch up with Ocelu, who hasn't been in great form until he scored against Real Madrid this weekend. So, yeah, one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, it would be a really nice reward for Morata, who is just such a weird player to watch and to analyze. Um, and because of his inconsistency, because his reading of the game isn't always the most sterling, he, he drifts offside a lot, uh, and he, he's just not the most consistent. He's not someone whose track record screams, hi, I can lead the line for an elite club. But he does a lot of little things really well. He's a really hard worker. He's really good in the air. And when he finds form, he really finds form. You know, it's three goals in the past two games for him. Uh, he's in double digits for the season. That's really about what I hoped for. You know, seeing him come back from Juventus as they didn't want to activate uh, his purchase clause, um, he might end this season with, you know, 15 goals, all comps, which is a fine return. 
whether Atletico need to have somebody better, you know, I think Luis Suarez answered that question a couple of years ago. Atletico probably do need someone better to take the next step uh, in European competition and challenging for Sobor. But Morata is certainly a useful squad member, you know, and he's... Again, it just, it just depends what, where his head is at and what kind of form he's going to be in because he's just such a, a strange player. There are weeks and months where he will look like a world-class center forward and then he will disappear. Um, but, you know, full credit to him, as you said. He's working really hard. He's accepted this role um, as a substitute. This competition with Barata and Memphis for for that number nine spot really looks to be heating up. Memphis looked just exhausted again after about 30, 35 minutes on Monday had two chances that he blazed over, and Murata scored the winning goal at the end. So very curious to see which direction uh, Simeone uh, turns in at the weekend. Uh, the last thing I want to discuss from this game before we preview the weekend, Sam, I am developing a, a sneaky suspicion that Atletico are going to try to sell Jeffrey Kondogbia this summer. His contract's up in 2024, and he is not playing at all right now. 33 minutes in the past eight games, an unused substitute again on Monday night. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago and why Simeone has kind of turned away from him. I I don't know. Simeone doesn't seem to really be interested in using any kind of pivot or classic number five right now. He's sticking Koke there in that midfield three and it's going well. So I, I guess what is the future hold for one Jeffrey Kondogbia at Atletico? Well, I mean, I was just so interested in shock that Jeffrey Kondogbia is still actually an Atleti player. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I thought he must have left on deadline day and I just hadn't realised. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird one because there are times this season where Kondogbia has been one of the first names on the team sheet and I think much of his future could depend on Axel Witzel's future as well. I feel like Diego Simeone probably wants to keep one of them. Yeah in his squad because they are very similar if Ritzel's contract has been extended nobody's going to buy him so that depends on an agreement whereas Kondogba yeah, yeah you probably could find somebody he'll pay you 10-15 million euros to sign Kondogbia, um before his contract runs out in the following summer so yeah I think it's it's a business decision more than necessarily a footballing decision but there is also, I mean, we spoke about that overbooking in attack, which meant that Rekelme went out on loan this season. There is a little bit of that in, in the midfield. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be trying to sign Saul on a permanent transfer or even on loan this summer. Um, you've got Koke, you've got Rodrigo De Paul, you've got Michael Chiorente, uh, you've got Thomas Lemar. I mean, you have a lot of players competing in these positions if you want to give a player like Pablo Barrios more minutes yep. if you're going to have Rodrigo Riquelme come in and be competing possibly for a role a central role as well uh, then that means that somebody has to go and if you were to draw out your list of Atletico Madrid midfielders I feel like two of the very lowest ranking ones would probably be Condogbia and, and Witzel and um, realistically, could be as much easier to get rid of than Witzel or Saul or whoever else may be down there. So, yeah, I mean, I can imagine that he's probably feeling a little bit hard done by with his treatment over the last few weeks. And I would be surprised if that changes before the end of the season. I imagine part of it may even be in an agreement. I know there were some rumours of Premier League clubs and Aston Villa coming in for, for Kondogbia in January. Mm. Some kind of agreement of 
hang it out until the end of the season because we need you, but then we'll let you go, or that he already has an agreement somewhere, and that's why he's not too too frustrated by being on the bench. Because sure. I mean, we've seen that Axelovic's father said that he had a meeting with with Simeone because he wanted game time, and then he did start against Sevilla. And so you'd imagine that Kondogbia, if he had kind of demanded minutes, he would have got them in some way, shape or form, and he hasn't. So, yeah, I feel like this is the end for Kondogbia and a player who kind of did what, more or less what everybody expected when he came in, which was doing a job, but not being particularly incredible and not being particularly bad either. Yeah, I think that's about fair. You know, Kondogbia was obviously a, a low-cost Thomas Party replacement, and at times last year was Atletico's best midfielder. Uh, but this year just hasn't quite been the same. Atletico have been playing a little bit differently, uh, more often without a true number five, as neither Kondogbia nor Witzel really convinces Simeone. And the, just the Witzel thing with his dad talking to Belgian media, it, it just strikes me as such poor form. Like, I think that stuff needs to be kept in-house. And if he wants to leave or, or his father wants him to leave, I think you said this a few weeks ago, Sam, is that I don't think there will there will be many tears shed. Like, Witzel was a, a decent, low-cost addition, had a great start to the season. But as the season has worn on, I think as a lot of us kind of thought or anticipated, if not expected, Witzel's become more of a peripheral figure. So it's I think it's certainly possible Atletico lose both of those players, this year and try to find another low-cost five to come in and compete for minutes with Koke, with Lema, with Barrios, uh, Llorente, etc. But we'll see what happens. There are going to be a lot of big decisions made this summer, um, as, as we've been talking about. But before we get to this summer, Sam, we have the rest of the La Liga slate, which continues this weekend, a classic fixture against Valencia at the Metropolitano. Uh, Valencia have not beaten Atletico uh, at all, home or away, since 2014. Do you think that changes this weekend? This is uh, a Valencia side battling furiously to avoid the drop. They got a huge win at Mestalla over Osasuna at the weekend with, with our very own Samuelino getting an assist for Justin Kluivert's winner. Do I think Valencia can can take something from this? No. <laughs> there, <is the laughs> there you go. Answer, but I mean... <laughs> Ruben Barajas has come in. He has made them a little bit more of a team. He has made them a little bit harder to beat. They have looked pretty tough defensively. I think that will be the challenge for Atleti. is going to be breaking them down. I feel like it could be one of those games where if Atleti find the way through, it will be quite an easy one. But if Atleti can't find the way through, we start getting into the latter stages of the game and still at 0-0. It could be a, a tough ask, but... I'm pretty confident for this one that Atletico can can get the three points and, and get the job done. And just kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, Jeremy, when do you think was the last time that Atletico lost at home in the month of March? Lost at home in the month of March? 2016. I don't know why, but I'm going to guess 2016. No, it was 2013. It was ah. March 2013. So over 10 years ago, the Calderon. Wow. It was a 1-0 defeat to Real Sofiad when Antoine Griezmann was actually a Real Sofiad player. Oh, so, wow. So quite a long time ago. So, I mean, I feel like Aleti are in, in good form, home advantage, Valencia not looking so good um, this season, of course. 
even with the improvements they've had under Ruben Berha, I still feel like this should be a fairly comfortable game for Atleti. Yeah, Valencia's away record this season is putrid. They have one win from 12, three draws, eight defeats, just six points away from the uh, comfy confines of Mestalla, uh, which haven't been so comfy lately, given that Valencia supporters are launching more and more protests against the ownership of Peter Lim, which has, you know, put the club in this state where they a club like Valencia should never be in this position, right? This is one of the biggest clubs in Spain. They were the they were the third member of this big three with Madrid and Barcelona until Simeone returned to Atletico. Valencia have a lot of history. They're a, a big, big club, and to see them down here is just very, very strange. They're 17th uh, with 26 points. Uh, level on points with Hitafe, we're in 18th, but I think, yeah, Valencia have a better goal difference. So it's still really tight at the bottom. Valencia could really use the points, but yeah, it's hard to see past Atletico for this one. Hoping for a good performance again from Samuelino. It'll be back-to-back weeks in which Simeone gets a look at the Lonies that he could be welcoming back next season. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch him. But yeah, just given the way Valencia have been going lately and given how Atletico are maybe the most informed team in the league right now, yeah, hard to hard to see anything beyond an Atletico victory here. And I mean, Jeremy, you said comfy, comfy confines of Mestalla. If you've ever... If you ever go to Mistai, you will discover that it is not a comfortable stadium. <laughs> so, it's on my I bucket list. I was almost, <laughs> I was always dizzy when I was there, up in the the gods in the, the nosebleed seats, looking down and feeling like the the goal net was literally about two steps forward from where I was, but about <laughs> three tiers <laughs> below as well. So it is uh, an interesting stadium. Yeah, it's very very tough to see Valencia down there and. I mean, just thinking about kind of where they were and and the club that they are. I mean, I think it's been an incredible change and destruction of, of Valencia over the years. And I mean, I think you have to go back to, to kind of when Marcelino left the club, which was a real turning point. But even then, he was achieving miracles with Valencia. And you have to go all the way back to... So what season was it? 2015-16 when they sacked Nuno Espirito Santo and and they sacked him because they weren't in the Champions League spots and that wasn't considered good enough. And I mean, you think about that for Valencia now and and I think Valencia fans would bite your hand off for having to settle for a Europa League spot. So yeah, it's a, it's a real shame and, and also a, a message, I guess. Of, I mean, Atletico fans might have their problems with their owners and so on, but there are also worse owners out there and worse management of clubs than what Atletico have had yes. over the last few years. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, there, there aren't. Uh, I, I, I don't think neither you nor I are particularly big fans of Miguel Angel Hill and, and the way this board has run Atletico, but it definitely could be worse with what's happened at Valencia. It wasn't that long ago they were playing in the Champions League, they were winning the Copa del Rey. And they have just been gutted almost, you know, every year. Um, Jose Gaia is still there, kind of amazingly. At this point, I don't think he's ever going to leave. He is a a true Valencianista. Yeah, and weirdly, not necessarily the most loved by his fans, which is something I think that he defends the club and the ownership a little bit too mm, much. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily go with the fans. But yeah, I mean, he's a player who 
I think he could go to any other team in La Liga and be the first choice left back. I don't think any team would not want him in their starting lineup. So what he's quite doing at Valencia, I'm I'm not sure, but that is his real commitment. And yeah, I mean, on Miguel and Helmerin, I mean, uh, there's a story this week, Jeremy, I'm not sure if you saw it about Atletico having a record income this season, which was a little bit misleading, perhaps. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of of Helmerin, but I will speak in his defence here. It was a 19% increase on the season before, but this these figures were from the 21-22 season. So mm-hmm. it's comparing to the season before, which was the COVID year, where there was zero matchday income for the club. So an increase like that was always going to be likely. And the figure, which was rather conveniently left out from, from almost all the coverage that I've seen of it, is that Atletico still made a financial loss. There was still a 25 million pound loss for that season that wasn't mentioned so yeah there was a record income but all it did was reduce the losses I think they were 111 million in 2020 2021 down to 25 million in 21-22 so yeah I mean we can say whatever we like about transfer spending and so on but this is still a club that is operating at a multi-million euro loss so (laughs) I mean, before we go crazy on the transfer spending, maybe we should at least try and balance the books first. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's a that's a really common refrain, uh, particularly on social media. Uh, given our experiences with the Heel family, with Miguel Angel Heel and, and his father, Jesus, uh, the Atletico have been in the Heel family since 1987. Uh, just a number of legal controversies, to put it diplomatically, <laughs> I would say. Um, a number of financial disparities, um, which, uh, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. We can, we can spend a couple hours talking about all that. And, and maybe, we, maybe we will over the summer. Yeah, just make sure the new lawyers can listen to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to vet it very carefully to make sure I don't get in any trouble and, and to keep you out of trouble too, <laughs> Sam. Uh, but yeah, a lot of... Cl- in, in his defense, I guess... Um, even though I, I kind of cringe at saying that, a lot of clubs in Spain are struggling financially and have been for a few years. Um, and I, it is a more responsible decision, certainly, uh, to not do what a club like, oh, I don't know, FC Barcelona did last summer, which is you know auction off a bunch of your potential future earnings, go into debt spending now and, and bring in all these big-name stars. You're, you're going to win the league. It's, it's short-term, you know, short-term gains and short-term happiness, so hooray, we're going to win silver again, but what's the medium and long term going to look like? You know, how is this uh, Caso Negrera going to be solved? How is that going to be sorted out? That's something else Barca now have to consider. Um, you know, so there is some level that I think you and I can understand why Atletico approach transfers in the way that they do, but there are still decisions that are made at boardroom level that are just very difficult to, to understand. Uh, gambles that are unnecessary or, or gambles that aren't made at all. Um, and it's part of the reason why I'm hesitant to talk a lot about what Atletico might do this summer is because we don't know. <laughs> the board's actions are unpredictable. Whether they're going to listen to... You know, Jeremy, you know exactly that there'll be some Brazilian 22-year-old who will be signed and then loaned out to a team in Portugal and we'll never actually see where an Atletico Madrid show. Hey, you're talking about Marcos Paulo, aren't you? <laughs> It could, there are so many people it could be. 
Yeah, I, I had forgotten about him. I got an update on him the other day. He's playing at Sao Paulo, and he's, like, barely playing. Um, you know, that would be a, a disastrous signing, but it was on a free. You know, it, it's moves like that that are so clearly just, you know, consummated because of relationships that he'll has with agents and, and and this small group of agents and representatives that he works with. Like, they're, they're so nakedly, brazenly um, just deals that are... are um, you know, that come out through those relationships that it, uh, and it's no surprise that many of them don't work out. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens this summer. Atletico really could have yeah, some they, money to play around with. I mean, I don't want to sound like a Miguel Angel Himarin fan, which I worry that I'm starting to, but <laughs> I do feel like as fans or as journalists or as whatever you may be listening to this, it's very hard to put yourself in the shoes of an, an owner or a sporting director. It is. Because I mean, from the outside, we can sit here and say, yeah, we shouldn't have signed this this Marcus Paolo. He's rubbish. Why would we sign him? What a waste of money. But then you don't know the influence that, that has on the relationships of, yeah, look, I've got this kid. He's not that great. But if you sign him, then I can put some better clients and players that I've got on my books your way and try and push them. And maybe there are players who Atletico Madrid have wanted and been able to have that, that slight advantage because they've got that good relationship. So... It's it's a bit succession-y and a little bit <laughs> political and so on, but I feel like there are games that, that go on that it's very hard to understand as a as a fan or a person on the outside, and that for a person on the inside, for them it's simply a, a non-negotiable. They have to do that kind of deal. So it's it's a very political and an influential world, I guess, is is the sport. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so, you know, built on networks and relationships. That, that's the reason why Atletico took uh, Ivan Shepanyic, um the same summer that, that they got Joao Felix, both George uh, Mendes clients. And I'm sure that that was a conversation behind the scenes, right? Look, I'll help you get Joao Felix if you take this forward from, Benfica, uh, from, from Benfica's B team who can't cut it at this level. That or just as everybody thought that Sponich would literally be the new Ronaldo Nazario. Yeah. Another the, the Serbian Ronaldo, that's right. <laughs> I mean, he could have been. Well, what could have been if, if he hadn't had that injury which kept him out for a week? <laughs> right. If only Simeone had trusted him. <laughs> Uh, but we're going to leave it there. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of Coach Nero Chat. Uh, a good one. Thank you so much, Sam, for joining me on this edition of the show. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. And we will be back next week. We will talk all about uh, Atletico and Valencia and a bunch of other good stuff. In the uh, interim, keep it here on uh, on the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network. You can find all our new and archived shows wherever you get your podcasts just by searching into the Calderon. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at JB Barron. Sam is at Sam Leverage. Uh, keep up with our work at Into the Calderon, and we will chat with you again next time. Adios.